Yes, welcome back to podcast for two people. This is me, uh, Big Dick Billy Boy Friedkin. You're listening to TB Sheets by Van Morrison. Uh, last time on the show, we covered my classic hit film, Cruising. Uh, great film that I made. Uh, we got rid of that dreadful co-host, Brent. Sent him on his way. Uh, now it's my show. It's my sh- it's my show. <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> Billy, uh, the real William Friedkin is here. <laughs> and uh, I'm We're Tyler. Back. I'm Tyler, as always. Billy, can we talk about your big dick? <laughs> I'd show it to you, but you ain't got enough room on the table. Oh, and I believe it too. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Um, today, I'm back, by the way. So you can leave now, Billy. Thanks for filling in. Hey, yeah, it was great seeing you. Our friend Billy. Yeah. Friend Billy Freakin. Pants full Friend of, of Borscht, I always say. Yeah, we'll see ya. Bye. Bye. So long. And okay, he's gone now. <laughs> yeah. He was really here, guys. I need you to believe this. He's our friend. <laughs> he reached out to him. And he, and he came. He came. He's Everywhere. like a true, a, a mensch, as we were discussing oh, yes. last time we hung out. Yes. A mensch indeed. Yeah. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. Yeah, I was very confused on that. But um, in the last episode, towards the end, I said something along the lines of, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done a Nick Cage movie, but you know what else it's also been a while since we did an episode huh. of? What? A Marty Scorsese movie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, me, me with my big, big brain thinking, always trying to push the envelope on the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah. We're always refining our craft. Absolutely, we're not, we're not, yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, so I was like, why not both? Galaxy brain, dude. And luckily enough, we had a film, name of... Bringing Out the Dead from 1999. Yeah. Uh, once again, solidifying the theory that all the best movies that have ever been made mm-hmm. came out in the 90s. I'm not saying that because I was born in 91. Right. Good but couple this, Good good couple of years, 90 to 92, I think. I, I think there's some good stock of some folk that came out around then. You know, just saying. Just saying. Some of my favorite people. 90, 92. You know, somewhere around there. Not for nothing, but... Uh, you know greatest generation there ever was that's all i'm saying yeah you know and, and nobody's gonna no, nobody's here you to cannot, argue that fact you cannot refute that yeah and by the way we can't even hear you yeah we you can't even hear you so you can't even argue with us if you, you write if listen. you write into the show um you will we will press charges yeah also but if you email us i will email you back with an audio clip of me just farting into a microphone you have to usually you have to pay money for that yeah I'll give it to you for free. <laughs> so what's bringing out the dead about, man? Um, based off a novel by, I believe, uh, uh, Joe Connolly. Yeah. I want to make sure I got that right. Because we have a lot of credibility on this show that we need to make. <laughs> yeah. And, we're a um, really credible source and, for everything. Yeah, just keep talking while I look this yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> everything that's going to come out of my mouth totally isn't any sort of distraction. Joe Connolly, I was right. Oh, sweet. So credible. Yeah, so yeah, credible. yeah. And, um... What uh, else is this movie about? <laughs> screenplay by Paul Schrader, who mm-hmm. I think there's a film of his that we're probably going to cover pretty soon. Ooh. Um, which also, not to... Which doesn't... It kind of narrows it down, but there's mm-hmm. a couple choices for what it could be. Also mm-hmm. has Nick Cage in it. Oh, fuck. So, uh, the summer was the time of Italians. Mm-hmm. Now, fall and winter mm-hmm. is the time of 
Nick Cage. Yeah, hell yeah, every time. Did I will you not. Know, did you know that every fallen leaf, every fallen leaf has just a, a tinge of the smell of Nicolas Cage? Yeah, gif of him stepping out of the con airplane. Yeah. That's him smelling oh. all the leaves. Yo, uh, real quick, I just want to point out, like, I've just been getting in in the Cage spirit all all year but uh uh very much so like this past like week or so like today i wore my my nick cage mandy shirt i changed before you came over you know in case you were wearing your uh, mandy shirt that was very smart yeah and um my my mug that i just drank a lot of coffee out of uh which is bad for me because it's 9 p.m and i've been up for like 18 hours gives a rat's ass (laughs) yeah you're not my dad you're not my mom you can't tell me what to do or uh you know what cup i could drink coffee out of but yeah that's is my nick cage mug he gives it to me by my lovely fiance and then of course every day that i'm on the internet up in my paint shop mm-hmm. uh nick cage watches over my shoulder like the guardian angel he does he is. He's, i mean if you think about it he's always with us yeah he really is um, always god bless you nick cage Bringing out the dead. Bringing out the dead. What a picture. I. This movie is so fucking fun because it's so fucking crazy. You sound like you really mean that. Yeah, I mean I do. I like so. I had kind of made mention like I've never really seen this all the way through until tonight. I caught a bit of it on TV like ages and ages ago, um, and I, I obviously had misunderstood what it was about when I originally saw it. In which I had said, oh yeah, this movie about Nick Cage is a paramedic and he's addicted to amphetamines or something. Not really. It's like, no. Not he just all, doesn't fucking sleep. Yeah, and he, he's, he's hella fucked up. Yeah, and so like, <clears throat> what was what was uh, our good friend Billy Boy Big Dick Freakin's uh, vision of this movie? Like, why, why did he make this movie? It was Martin Scorsese who made this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's me, Marty. Um, <laughs> I'll step in. Actually. Right yeah. If, Actually, um, if, if, you, if, you, if you let me finish, you let me finish. Um, uh, Bringing out the dead is a picture yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a you know, sort of an odyssey through the streets in New York City. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Through the eyes of a, a, a tired paramedic who's been on the job for five years. Five wow. years. Wow, yeah, and, that's um, a long know, time. Um, you know, he, uh, he, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's haunted. He's haunted by the souls of the ghosts of, uh, of, uh, of the people he lost. People he lost on the job. And, Marty, uh, when was the last time you slept? I sleep every day. I sleep, sleep, sleep every day. I sleep every day. I How? wake up. I come here. I come here. Yeah. I come here on your show. Took an overnight flight. The red eye, I assume, with uh, way too much coffee. No, not at all. That's just how he is. Oh, um, bye, Marty. Can you imagine? Bye, <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. Yeah. No, yeah, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. Man's yeah. got a mouth like a Tommy gun. Yeah, no. There's a, a story of uh, Akira Kurosawa. Uh huh. Apparently, he like met up with them. They had this like project they did. I can't remember what it was called right now, but like, uh, I think it was like Akira Kurosawa's like dreams or something or some film project they did. Right. Um. He said the only reason he agreed to it, because, like, it's like, Scorsese came and was, like, talking to him, but was, you know, like, talking a mile a minute. Yeah. And, you know, Japanese, or English isn't his, I don't think he understands it at all. Right. I, I don't know for sure. But so, imagine He's talking a mile a minute. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't understand, he said he couldn't understand a fucking word he said. I don't think yeah. he said that. Like, I could not understand a fucking word he said. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but, no, he said he was just drawn by his passion. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I have no idea what the fuck he said, but he seems really serious about it. So. Man's a wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, was, 
It's a, it's a, it's a Marty story for you. Fun, Marty. And, and fun thing, too, about Marty is that Martin Scorsese actually shows up as a, well, his voice you does. Hear him. Yeah. You hear him quite a bit throughout the film. Yeah, he's a dispatcher, one of the yeah. dispatchers in the film. Um, with a with a real strong cadence yeah. and lyricism. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a sardonic wit uh, to to uh, working as a paramedic in Hell's Kitchen, which the movie tells us it takes place in the early nineties. Yep, the best time. Right, I guess. Uh, yeah, like uh, lots of good things happening. <laughs> right, yeah. There's like there's always good things left and right. You know, like there's of course like heroin overdoses on every street corner. There's a new drug that's. Uh, probably only like semi-fictitious. That's that's kind of going around in the streets, which is uh, the Red Death, which uh, apparently is like some sort of uh, speedball of some sort. It's like heroin mixed up with something or other. They never really touch on it. All you need to know is that like it's very easy to overdose on, and then you need like ten times the amount of Narcan for when you're feeling slumped. Yep, <laughs> so fucked. Um. Which yeah, it's like even even still today, like obviously a major fucking issue. Not much has changed. Every time we do an older movie, I'm like, huh? What do you know? <laughs> Thirty years we've had to to try and figure out a some sort of solution, and nope, still there. Really does still th- there. Really does things to a motherfucker. It really do. It really do. Yeah. So you have like this like crazy all star cast too. There's quite a who's who. You got Nicolas Cage, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of like a John, kind of like a who's who of uh, people who were pretty big then. Uh, yeah. John yeah. Goodman, Ving Rhames, Tom Sizemore, uh, presumably playing himself. Yeah. Even going by Tom as well. Yeah. Mark Anthony. Um. Oh god. Who uh who played a uh, Psy? It's like Cliff something. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I can't remember his name. And he's in like a ton of stuff. He's got that like super recognizable face. I saw, <laughs> I saw a um like a a post on Twitter. It was like this dude could, like passes a white man now. He could. Act, he's like that good at acting. <laughs> oh yeah, he could be anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's a chameleon, so they say. And uh, who was that other gal that was um that was on Scrubs for like nine years? All right, played Turk's wife or yeah. girlfriend then wife. Yeah, and like she shows up in this as an ER nurse as well. I remember just Cliff like, Curtis was his Cliff name. Cliff Curtis. Yeah, I just remembered that on yeah. my own. Good and, work, uh, thanks, man. You've got a uh, mind like a steel trap. So strong. It's so strong, good. Scrubs, what a show. What a show. Was a show, yeah. What was her? Uh, I believe her last name was Reyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no, she she like I remember seeing her on screen for like thirty seconds, maybe. Yeah, Judy Reyes. Yeah, there we go, Judy Reyes. Also, just remember that off the top of your head. So easy. Yep. Yeah, just like you set him up and knock him down. Off the top of the deck, and what do you know? Called it. Always, always get the ace. Yeah, never so, the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick Cage is obviously like like our main character because who who else would it be? John Goodman? Like what's, what's, man. what's Goodman done as far as movies go? A lot of shit. No, you're a liar. Do you want me to start naming some? <laughs> no, you're fucking fuck you. Okay, Brent. Fuck you. Anyway, so fair enough, fair enough. Nick Cage being our 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 main character, uh, name of Pierce. 
Oh, yeah, like Frank. Frank Frank, Frank Pierce. Frank Pierce, probably. Yeah. He's, uh, he's it's definitely around. Pierce. Yeah, he's going around, and he's unpiercing people. He's uh, unkilling them. And uh, seeing ghosts, not smoking crack. Nope. Not this time. No. Though, I think that it was kind of funny, uh, like... At one point, Patricia Arquette's like, man, does everyone just go around spilling their guts to you? And he's like, yeah, maybe it's just my face. <laughs> I'm the face of a priest. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, oh. And this is a clear nod yeah. to Nick Cage's rolling face-off from 1997, further proving the point from earlier. Yeah. But, more importantly, uh, firmly establishing... The yeah. NCCU. The Nicolas Cage Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah, A very yeah. real thing. Yeah. A um, very real thing. And that's what good filmmakers do. They just they put in a lot of nods, little yeah. tips of the hats to the, to you know, keen viewers like us. Yeah. And you wouldn't know these things unless we told you. Right. And that's actually where I unveil our, uh, our hidden mystery <laughs> uh, for Podcast for Two People. If you actually listen to every episode... Back to back to back without stopping, without sleeping, without eating, shitting, pissing, or breathing. And then you actually uh, take all of the thumbnails that Brent has so artistically made, poured hours into each one of them. Very put much them so. out. Put them on your living room floor in, in, in the pattern that will become very apparent to you. You'll see. Very nice episode listing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also... You'll see Nicholas Cage's face. There it is. There it is. He's in everything. It's our. Uh, it's our. It's our. Uh, it's the whole focus. reason why we we chose every one of uh, the episodes. Every piece, an yep. important part of the puzzle. Did you know that Yakuza is actually a game about Nicholas Cage? Secret. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of knew that. But... Secret Cage sighting. I was about to say that just as you were saying it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's because it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, like Frank Pierce in in this movie is a sleep-deprived, bordering on lunatic, uh, but still, like, you know, golden heart. Really just wants to help everybody, but at the same time is haunted by ghosts. Specifically one ghost of someone he couldn't save, and he sees her on every street corner. And, like, his life has just been, like, in shambles for some, like, undetermined amount of time. Like, who knows how long uh, he's just been without any proper sleep. But it's it's really it's really interesting just kind of like obviously we're looking at like the life of a paramedic in in this area and era through, you know, the lens of a fucking filmmaker. But I don't know, I still thought that it was like fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, and I mean like there was obviously a reason why uh, Scorsese was drawn to like make this movie. You know, he probably was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's kind of how it is." Takes place in New York. I'm mm-hmm. in. Yep. Oh, <laughs> done deal. Yeah. Also, um, I was gonna mention earlier. You know, kind of going down through mm-hmm. the list. Uh, edited by Thelma Shoemaker, mm-hmm. who's been Marty's editor for like since like 1980, since like Raging Bull. Fuck yeah! Every single one of his films she's edited, mm-hmm. and it really shows here. She's Always oh, in uh, sublime work, I must say. Yeah, it like seriously, <clears throat> the the editing in this is what ties the vibe in. Also, uh, you know, it's a Marty movie when there's always music playing. Mm-hmm. Where like they'd probably spend most of the budget like licensing all these songs. But the songs are fucking great. Oh yeah, 
And like, yeah, the, the soundtrack to this movie is awesome, and the the music when it actually comes in, it's like you like you just said, like absolutely sublime. It helps like tie in every one of these scenes. But I'm also the kind of person that loves to just like hear music with whatever the fuck I'm doing. So I kind of really enjoy it when it's not a lot of quiet time. You know, something like that like lulls you. I don't know, man. I get dad tired easily, you know, like catch me holding the remote on the couch, <laughs> pass out with my tummy showing. I was going to say, I have to dock some points, though, because they could have had, uh, like, Henry Hill show up as, um, <laughs> as like, a patient at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, have someone, like, wheeled in while they're playing an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. It's Slash. <laughs> what do you know? No, we had to get more, um, um, like, Goodfellas characters or... Uh, mm. Robert De Niro from Mean Streets in there for some reason. <laughs> they really missed a chance not to uh, kind of give more nods to the past, and that's just yeah, can't have that. Just put a whole plate of spaghetti on a stretcher, <laughs> wheel it into the ER, and have people defibrillate it. That uh, that old content IV drip. Yeah, mm. <laughs> delicious contra- contrant. Contrant. <laughs> you bring me to trough with the contrant. But now, uh, if dare I say. And uh, I feel like I might have read this somewhere, so sue mm-hmm. me. But like, it's very much like a like a Dante's Inferno type. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's every uh, partner he has has some weird like side of hell to show him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that it was also not that he already hasn't been living it, but right, it's just showing us the viewer. Yeah, like there's there's like these kind of random bits that do really feel like as we progress through the movie, we are kind of going through. Like, his more stable partners, like, with Goodman, and then, like, slightly less, like, you know, stable and, like, kind of unhinged, but, like, more or less actually just kind of, like, a little depraved, but... In, like, a weird way that, like, protects him from his job. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then when we finally get, like, completely unhinged, you know, we get to, like, Tom Sizemore and, like, you know, you about break your whole uh, code, and you know, like about murder somebody. Like, I imagine that like dude is actually a serial killer. Right. Yeah. He definitely has it in him. Yeah. He definitely would have uh, would have you know probably gone through with it. It's more you know it's a tale about uh, you know like loss. Oh yeah, absolutely. There was a line that really stuck out to me where he talks about you know you're not like a lifesaver, you're a grief mop. Oh yeah, the grief mop thing really fucked me up honestly. Where like showing up is enough. Yep, yeah. showing up is enough. It's not. It's not so much about saving the next person. Um, another thing that uh, that uh, really got me too was just like, you know, when uh, Anna Anna's character uh, uh, comes up. Um, oh my God! What what was her name? Mm, I'm having such a hard time. Anna? No, not God. What the fuck? Mary. Mary. Yeah. yeah Trisha um, Arquette's? Yes. There you go. So, um, when Mary shows up, and, like, this is more towards, like, the 70, 80% of the way through the film, and she's just like, I don't know who to believe. Like, is my dad going to make it? Is he not? Like, is he doing better? Is he doing worse? And, <clears throat> yeah, like, Nick Cage just kind of, like, talks about you know, how it's not so much about, like, he tries to kind of bring her down easy and say, like, yeah, so, I mean, like, they're just kind of keeping him around, 
he's not really doing better or worse. And what you got to do is you got to focus on yourself. You know, you got to care about yourself because we're all dying. Yeah. Yeah. But he couldn't take his own advice. No, he fucking could not. And I think that it's it's one of those things, too, where perhaps he felt like he was still paying penance. You know? He's, in his, own, those, he's in his own type of purgatory. You could say that he was paying penance and having to stare at the dead and riding with ghosts. <laughs> that he had to pay? Yeah. No, that's a deep cut. Yeah. And also... Uh, Running, Feels like my head's on fire. Running with the devil. <laughs> and, you know, at one Passing point he was maybe. driving angry. He sure was. Yeah. He sure was. Should he have been a cop, he would have been a really bad lieutenant. And, yeah, Nick Cage, he actually uh, did quite a bit of preparation for the role. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, like, I believe he rode with ambulance drivers for a while. God, he'd be so fucked. Like, I know there's, like, a story out there of, like, somebody, like, coming to and, like, seeing Nick Cage, like, standing over him, like, holding his hand, telling him he was going to be okay. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, yeah, I must be dead. I'm seeing fucking Nicolas Cage standing right, out. like, it's got to be a hallucination. <laughs> like, like, my, like, blood loss or, like, fevers breaking. I hope that's how I get rescued. Yeah, same. You're going to be all right. Really, Cage? <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, you're not hallucinating. I'm really here. <laughs> Kiss me on my forehead. Tell me uh, tell me I'm a good boy. Like, now calm down! <laughs> yeah. And then he fucking, clear! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then that's that's when my brains literally turn into macaroni and cheese. Takes out one of those little like things they hook you up to the EG, like flicks it in a weird Nick Cage way, like yeah, and then slaps it on your nipple or whatever. Are you kids alright? <laughs> yeah. Was anybody hurt? <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's 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 such a wild fucking trip. I do have to say real quick, it, yeah. it's it's definitely not like one of those Nick Cage rules. It's like, oh, dude, Nick Cage is like so weird, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, no, oh, dude, like bruh. you could tell he was he was very invested in this role. I would say it's better than Leaving Las Vegas. That's for sure. I have not. You haven't seen Leaving Las Vegas. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it was this dude's like it was based off a book or like uh-huh. a like the screenwriter pretty much wrote it was like a fantasy about how he'd kill himself. Oh. Was, that's yeah, like fucked. going to Vegas and like drinking himself to death and like falling in love with a hooker. And then when the movie came out the dude like died like two weeks later. Interesting. Yeah, so dreams do Divine come true. Divine Providence, maybe? Yeah, you could say that. But then, and then you can. I mean, he got to see Nicolas Cage portray his fantasy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that is that's pretty nice. Maybe that was like what his life's duty was. <laughs> yeah, that's what like you're put you're, here to do. You're going to add another drop into the ocean of roles <laughs> that Nicolas Cage has performed and will perform. I know he's 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 really great in it. It's definitely one of those movies where it's like, what like good movie has he really done? It's like, yeah, one. that's one. Yeah, and I would straight faced. Yeah. Boldly say, Bad Lieutenant Portal Call New Orleans. Oh, yeah, I love that movie unconditionally. Like, there's there's not a part of that movie that I'm like, no, yeah, this part's kind of dumb. Like, don't worry about it. I'm like, are you fucking looking? I'm that fucking piece <laughs> of shit that's, like, looking over at you yeah. to, to check your emotions while you're watching it. You know, like, oh, no, are you are you appreciating it the way that you're supposed to? Do you understand? But are you really seeing it? Yeah, but are you actually uh, perceiving this film right now? Are you feeling it? Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of, like, kind of wild, um, 
I guess, yeah, like Dante's Inferno or biblical kind of takes that are kind of like sprinkled throughout the film. But it really so is. So it feels like an Odyssey of sorts. It really does. A yeah. trip. Yeah, like all of all of uh, Hell's Kitchen seems like this strange, like discordant river that you can't tell if it flows up or down. It it's all awash with blood and fire, and just dead and and shits popping off left and right. And I, I, absolutely not. You can't feel like you're actually taking a break and it's really strange because like so like Ving Rhames character I can't remember his character's name uh, all I could see was like oh yeah hey it's Ving Rhames anyway um uh loved the hair though oh yeah you look great yeah um it was kind of fitting for like the kind of preacher role he has in that movie oh yeah yeah um so like it's Marcus was, Marcus okay yeah. so when he's kind of talking about how um like oh you know like uh days like this makes me want to work like well what did he say like four four nights a week or three days three nights a week yeah like three instead of two yeah it's like wait a second so like how many nights a week does nicholas cage's character work that he's like looking like that yeah where it's like what do you do when you aren't working like are you just dead like just i mean we only see like a wall we see like one scene where he's actually at his house and he's only there to like have a drink of water and go to bed and then wake up and like clean his face in the sink and yep. then go right back to it yeah yeah and he just wants so badly to be fired yeah like he just like he's like begging for the nightmare to end he's like asking it's like you told me last time you so you told me next time you see me you're gonna fire me why are you sending me out again yep like pretty much just telling his boss, like you have to be strong. His boss, played by Arthur J. Nascarita, you may also recognize him from The Sopranos. Oh, he played a uh, Carlo Gervasi. Interesting. Yeah, he's one of the. I think he's one of, like the one of the bosses. He was a he was a really fun character too. Just like the the back and forth and like yeah, I promise you I'll uh, I'll fire you, but. And he starts barking at him like a dog. Yeah, for no fucking reason. Yeah. This kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, makes you think, like, that was probably improper. It's also pretty funny, because, like, normally a job, if you have, like, upper management telling him, like, hey, you gotta fire this guy. Yeah. And he, like, tells him, he's like, I told him to shove it up their ass. I'm not firing anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have, like, somebody going to bath. Normally, that'd be a cool thing to have at your job, right? Right, yeah. No. But when you also see your job is, like, uh, a literal hell. <laughs> yeah. And, like, <laughs> Yeah, this like, you is, belong here. You this can't, is your prison I'm not gonna let you leave. Yeah, uh, and, um... Obviously, like, we're, we're like, a bit of the ways into the episode. So, I mean, if this hasn't caught your interest already, I'm not sure what will. It's it's literally Nick Cage in a, in a fantastic role. If you feel like he does mainly cheesy uh, roles, we've said this on every other episode that we've ever done with Nicolas Cage. Like, it's, it's kind of like, true. it's kind of like an unconventional story, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, there's, like, a, I, I don't know, if, like, I feel like there's not really, like, a climax. There's, like, I no. Mean, no hero's it's journey. It's a story. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, he kind of learns a little bit by the end of it, I think. Mm-hmm. And it certainly has a message. Yeah. It's not just, like, you know, a bunch of things going on until it ends. Yeah, and we're also just, like, watching, like, an honest man's mental collapse in a world that is about as close to a living hell as we can possibly get. The thing is, though, I feel like um, a lot of the people portrayed in the movie aren't really, like portrayed negatively Mm-mm. not exactly positively either it's just right this is how they are you know yeah he, it's not really um, like it doesn't feel 
super judgmental. Yeah, in the in the same uh, line that I had said that like actually kind of smacked me a little bit, where he's like, you know, hey, we're all dying, you know, pay attention to yourself. He said the city kills indiscriminately, uh-huh. like it does not choose. There's there's no sort of prejudice. It will kill anyone. It chews up most people, mm-hmm. and so it's like you're seeing that left and right. You know, uh, every other person that gets called, like you know, from a from a homeless, smelly man who's just like super drunk and doesn't know what's going on, to somebody who you find out had an extremely terrible head injury and never got the help he needed. The way they like Mr. O, they talk about that guy, just kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of just. I feel like I've seen that before, like in my own life. Yeah, where you just have this like one customer. It's like, oh, here comes our favorite guy, and he's no introduction. <laughs> like, yep. and then yeah, it's just kind of have those like kind of inside jokes with your coworkers about as you like know you have to deal with like just a yep. really dumb fucking interaction with this guy, but you love it. I had one back <laughs> in the day when uh when I worked at the uh, the old gas station Aru, and um he was he was very conversational, you know, but uh I, I could never get near him because he did reek awful and one night he decided to come in have some uh have some hostess cupcakes at my at my counter hell yeah dude and i I was trying to close man and so i had to go around i was dry mopping and everything and he fucking lets one rip while i'm behind him mind you i've never i'd never been mean to this guy never said a single like sideways remark to him kept it all to myself yeah and like typically wouldn't even say it to like coworkers and stuff. Just like, oh yeah, there he is. And he just goes, Oops, sorry. And I fucking literally vomited my mouth <laughs> and swallowed it and kept dry mopping. The they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. That was my Mr. O. Uh may you rest in peace. <laughs> so but like is is it's crazy though. Just kind of thinking about like how how low staff they were. They're like, yeah, I mean, you know, Pierce can call in as much as he wants. He can fucking go home sick as much as he wants. He can drink on the job. Everyone does. And yeah, there's very little accountability there. Zero. Yeah. They they flip an ambulance in the movie. He's like, oh hey, when you get a chance, fill out this uh, accident form. Yep. Incident form or whatever. And he, like, literally, like, leaves the accent, like, scream laughing. Like, it's a thing that they do on occasion to, like, get out of the job. Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Just, like, fucking, fucking crazy. Um, It's, it's really, oh, God, surreal, I guess, you know, to, like, to think about it. And, uh, you know, if, if any of you listeners are actually, like, EMTs, paramedics, or anything like that, I don't know how the fuck you do it. I certainly fucking couldn't. Mm. And and just thinking about having to deal with, you know, wounds like that, nah. Yeah, I feel like even, like, two days of that per week is already too fucking much. You see about a lifetimes in about a, less than a month. Yeah, and, like, Pierce looks the way he does after five years, and meanwhile, you know, some people are like, I've been an EMT for 30 years. Like, yeah, what? In addition to, like, um, you know, riding with EMTs, he also, I think, I believe showed up on set. I mean, he would... Um, purposely um, sleep deprive himself. So, I, I think yeah, the way you see him in that movie is pretty fucking genuine. Yeah, yeah. What was that? What was uh, what's this uh, acting thing called again? Nouveau shamanic. Yeah, I wanted to say like Novu Riche. <laughs> <laughs> Novu shamanic. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, it was uh, a terrifying look. 
the the under part of his eyes just looked like raw steak meat, mm-hmm. and it just made me painfully tired to look at him. There's like one scene in the movie where he doesn't look like that, and that's in like a dream flashback. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then uh, he looked he looked a little bit better towards the end. I don't know if you noticed that, like uh, towards the end there when um one of the uh, kind of um, mainstay patients passes away. And uh, Tom Sizemore, char- Tom Sizemore's character walks towards the camera and uh, away from it. He's now got like those like super deep red puffy eyes, and like Cage's character is like a little bit better off, almost like he's kind of moving towards the light, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And like Tom Sizemore's character, you know, has kind of made the joke more more times than not, just like he is wrathful. And he takes people to hell <laughs> and shit like that. He's uh, he's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, uh, I mean, you saw the part where like he like appears as like Satan to him essentially. Yeah, where, like he just has like empty white eyes for a second. Yeah, it's like... fucking wild. Yeah, it's good shit, man. The editing in some of the driving scenes too is fucking awesome. And kind of felt like a like a fucking Rob Zombie music video at times, <laughs> you know, just like watching, just like back of my ambulance. And uh, yeah, Sherry Moon shows up. Yeah, and she's got her weird nipples and her white people dreads. Hell yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's Rob Zombie's like, just look at my hot wife. Why don't you? Yeah, I love her. I love her. And you know, I, I appreciate you know. I, that's that's pretty wholesome, honestly. Right. This dude making some pretty you can't you can't hate on someone just making movies with his wife. Right. Yeah. And then he gets mad at people skating in the skate park next to his house, and then he calls <laughs> the cops on them because they're too loud and having too much fun. Well, he really did that. Yeah. Uh, He's an old man. Yeah. He's an old man. He just wants to hang out sometimes. I think. Uh, did there's a story? I think like Al Jorgensen punched somebody and like got in trouble. Like he got like an assault charge because he uh. Somebody said he looked like, like mistook him for Rob Zombie, and he like punched him in the face. For Isn't it. Al Jorgensen like way short? Kind of, yeah. 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 Oh, but then again, I guess I don't know. Well, Rob Zombie's kind of short from when we saw him live. I did so, see he's like a live little dude. He like reposted a um. It was like some kids like Halloween costume. I was like, oh, it's Al Jorgensen. And I was like, oh no, it's a post by Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and it's I got actually punched in the face through yeah. the phone. Yeah. It's it's a I would say it's a, a fairly common misconception. It's like oh yeah, it's my uh, Thunderkiss '69 uh, album. Uh, what I wore in that video. That's how he talks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, With an occasional like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, I can't really say that there was any bad acting in the film. I think that every every scene was pretty fucking awesome. It carries itself really well, and scene to scene is just a fucking wild trip. And uh, you just really hope that Nick Cage's character gets some fucking rest. You know, it's got it's got laughs. It's got, not really jokes, but it's just kind of yeah. like the kind of dry, uh, dark humor of just people that work with like death all day. Mm-hmm. Probably tend oh, to. Oh yeah. Get. Much like a you know, a detectives at the scene of a murder. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just the way they like treat the patients, like 
you like how do I know you're not just gonna go shoot out again and then you'll be back here tomorrow? Like Yeah. Why, like, why, why should we why help should you? We help you? <laughs> like Yeah, it'd be like if a detective like found a body and the guy's got like he just came out of like a like a like a bakery, right? And he's got a he's got his bagel it's sliced, but he's got no cream cheese and it's like, Oh, what the fuck is this? What, you don't like cream cheese? Go fuck Trying yourself. to eat a fucking dry ass bagel, maybe the bagel would have killed him. Yeah. Choked on the fucking bagel, no cream cheese. He ate the Popeye's biscuit without Without the sprite, mm, that's a death <laughs> sentence. Yeah, I, uh, I, th- I think another interesting thing too. Now that we're like again into this, and we're probably going to be kind of talking about some spoilery things, or just total non sequiturs until the end of the episode. Who knows? Right? Yeah, we got about uh, twenty-two minutes or so to fill. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> here's all the fluff, baby. Yeah. No. Uh, Kate's character starts to like, other than see ghosts and shit. Uh, and like starts to hallucinate seeing the face of a dead woman that he couldn't save on like every other woman in a non-romantic every other man way. too even. in every other man <laughs> yeah uh, he just literally sees her everywhere and she was 19 her name was Angel Rose Rose uh, why did I think Angel I don't know I don't know man I got all my shit mixed up today it's fine so anyway starts seeing Rose everywhere and like he's just fucking terrified and again it's like this whole paying for his misdeeds or something like that. Whatever guilt he decides that, you know, he owes. Anyway, so you've got that going on. He's he's also listen or hearing dead people all the time. Or uh say um Mary's dad, mm-hmm. Mary Burke's dad. Uh he's just like making eye contact with a man that has essentially lost all of his brain. And, uh, like, all of his body functions, essentially, is, like, more or less a vegetable for most of the film. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he'll come to, he'll start freaking out, and then they sedate him again, and then when he dies, they defibrillate him again. And, like, at one point, they said that they defibrillated him, what, 14 times in a day? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. And so when he finally gets up to the ICU, and, like, in between times, like, you know, Nick Cage will go to visit him and he'll hear this Mr. Burke's voice in his head. And it's just like, please let me go. Mm-hmm. Don't bring me back. And like all this shit. And you're like, is he going crazy? Is he going to end up killing this man? <laughs> and you're like, eh, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. But maybe, maybe he's just been so close with other people that have died that you know, and he's like almost like this uh, this uh, angel of sorts, whether good or bad, you know, or neutral of sorts. That the that these people can actually project their thoughts to him, and he can guide them to the next plane. It's for you to decide. But yeah, I, I um, also found the uh, commentary on like you know drug use in the '90s to be pretty interesting as well. Yeah, since it was such a major issue and still is. But, yeah, it's painful, man. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got, you got nothing? Yeah, um, it's uh, another one of those things, too, that um, in him kind of deciding that uh, he can't really stop as well, yeah. you know? <clears throat> it's like, really, he could just, like, not show up? Yeah. He could just not show up. <laughs> he could literally just stop going, and yet he persists. 
Because that would probably be, like, a greater crime than... Right. Yeah, like, letting... Just, yeah. Letting letting people die because you're not there to do anything. Right. And who's who's going to help them? You yeah. know, Marcus? Tom? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, I can't I can't really see them. Like, obviously... The like, IB banging scene was good. The IB banging scene is fucking <laughs> awesome. That was super good. Um... It, it also kind of took me back to watching ER with my family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the 90s were quite the time for um, hospital dramas. Yeah. What was, uh, God, what's... Doogie it might still be, it, it might, it might still be going, but like general hospital as well. I think like that's that been going for like ever. Yeah. Like, like our parents, it was before our parents even. Good lord. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, not that George far, Clooney in ER, though. Weird. Uh, the guy who played Goose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goose. He yeah. was there. And sadly, not in this film. He looked uh, fine with that. Who played his uh, Gris? I don't know. <laughs> That's a fucking weird ass character. Yeah, always refers him to himself in the third person. Always wearing the same, like, sick ass, like, gold rimmed aviators. And he reminds you that you do not want him to take him off. Yeah, I kind of wonder why. Beat your ass. Right, right, right. Well, no, it's like if everything else is kind of a wash with this story. No, he's actually um, he's actually black Cyclops. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he can't take him he... off, or else he'll waves everybody. Yeah, yeah, he'll just fucking murder everyone. Not his no fault. one has to wait for the for the ER anymore. Yeah, because everybody's burned to a fucking dead. crisp. <laughs> yeah. He'll never be able to lovingly look into the eyes of his uh, his lover. Without the help of shades, <laughs> but that's okay because Gris is cool though. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, also, kind of uh, kind of fun to see other people go through dynamic changes instead of uh, Nick Cage's character as well, like right. with Mary Burke, where you get this idea of who she is when you first see her, and like. She's definitely a, a goody two shoes esque, you know what I mean? Like loves her dad. Seems that way, yeah. You know, like normal person. And then like, oh, okay, so she's she's fought with addiction in the past and she you know, you know a week over- ago like wanted her father to die. Yep. And like she's overdosed in the past as well. Uh and like alludes to like at least once it had been like on purpose. And then, you know, like, yeah, I, you know, I've been sober and doing good and so on and so forth. And then next thing you know, everything's just way too fucking hard. You make, you find your breaking point again. And there you go. It's a very kind of like strange, um, the, the oasis and, uh, the character of, uh, Psy as well. <laughs> Like, just, like, a, a benevolent, uh, like, drug dealer. Yeah, was that Angela Bassett, by the way? No. No? I didn't really get a good look, because I was also trying to put together Metal Minis, <laughs> which is a fucking bastard of a chore to do, especially when you're trying to, like, watch something. But I'm on a time crunch, <laughs> and I'm a piece of shit, so I had to. Um, God, I could... And, uh, Her that, name is uh, Sonia Son. Sonia Son. Son. S-O-H-N. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, no idea who played as Tiger, because I, I saw that guy for, like, maybe two seconds. You don't want to know about t- Tiger. Uh, they say real Gs move in silence. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he was quite quiet. He wasn't moving at all. Yeah, no, for the most part, for sure. And then, um, oh my god, I can't remember his name either, because it's, it's a difficult one for my mouth to pronounce, but the fellow that was on The Wire as well um, as uh, this film that passed away last month, um, his most notable feature being the scar across his face. Right. Um, and he had actually passed away from a heroin overdose, I believe, laced with fentanyl. And, Too many uh, people going that way, man. Yeah. Um, he had a, like, I believe it was just like a little after party at his hotel with, uh, with another actress. Yeah, Michael Williams. Yeah, Michael Williams. Just kind of showed up. I was like, oh, wow. Forgot yeah. he was in this. Um, it just fucking sucks, man. Um, really, really fantastic performances always. And, uh, God, that fucking sucks. It's kind of a surprise seeing him on screen. You know, just yeah, like out of the, out of the blue. Even though it was like small, you're just like, oh. I suppose he's like in sort of a typecast role. Oh yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. Drug dealer who got shot. Yeah, he got shot a lot on the wire, but he did a lot more shooting on the wire <laughs> instead. Uh, always running around with his sawed-off shotgun. Good Omar Lord. coming. Omar coming, dog. <laughs> Fucking Omar. Yeah, this film also, like, while while kind of showing you what it was like to be a paramedic and stuff, not a ton of gore, you know? And, like, most of the time it was, like, there's unsettling things to look at. I mean, yeah, mostly they're dealing with, like, overdoses or, like, people who've already been shot. Yep. People who fell down. Yeah. 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 There's only, like, one particularly, like, violent scene and that's, you know, a crime scene that they have to respond to. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was rough. Uh-huh. But, like, overall, highlighted with comedy more than anything. Just kind of like another just another job? Yeah, masterfully, like, handled through the whole thing as far as I'm concerned. Like, how it was portrayed and how it was shot and the, the overall feeling you get. And, like, you know, the trippy nature of uh, the quote-unquote fireworks <laughs> and stuff in that scene and then you know um imagine just like hanging out on a hospital gurney in the er and you got a giant pipe coming out of your gut and they're just like just wait here yeah we'll get we'll get you some help in the morning just chill yeah and you're like what i have a whole ass fucking metal yeah. pipe coming through my gut like we're a little backed up right now so <laughs> yep sorry about it kind of not really though <laughs> it is funny those like kind of unorthodox scenes they have of dealing with like kind of people who are just having some mental issues oh yeah 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 it's like okay you want to die like we can't do it on the street that looks mm-hmm. bad so we can take you we have like termination rooms at the hospital mm-hmm. just come on we'll take you there we'll get you yeah we'll let you die your choice how you want to go they're like oh yeah okay yeah that's or, like, nice. like oh you try to kill yourself all right, and he just puts on, like, a little, like... Electrode pad. Yeah, he's like, now you keep that on for 24 hours. If it like, turns green... You, you must see a doctor, yeah. Like, yeah, And yeah. Dad just kind of comes in and, like, scares him. Yeah. Uh, doing good. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not, like, ain't right, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, by, by far and wide, but it's, like, this is what it looks like when you have absolutely fuck all for resources. Yeah. And it just kind of makes you wonder what it's like, uh, say, today. Again, you know, if not much has changed in so long. Right. 
like one of the most like troublesome characters was just like a guy who has been through a lot of shit and is slashing out because he is you know needs help. Doesn't help. Yeah, doesn't get help. That he just you know cannot get. And you see, like, it's so weird, too, because when he shows up in the beginning and um, he has an interaction with Mary Burke, who had known him, we come to find out that he used to be best friends with her brother and that they'd known each other for years. When he comes to her, like, outside and then she, like, you know, gets his attention, gets him to calm down for a minute and says, like, you know, my dad's dying. It's really weird because you see all of like the 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 different like little connections in his brain actually fire and it's like for that short moment he is actually who he's supposed to be and thinking about how he's supposed to be and then he just kind of loses it again which is kind of sad that's a little too much to like process for him at that particular moment yeah and he continues to have these like kind of uh i guess like loops episodes episodes yep and like you know he's a prevalent character throughout the whole thing and also kind of uh played by mark anthony of all people yeah really strange but really really well done and um it, it to me also kind of uh it seemed like every time he showed up it was to kind of signify the vibe that uh, that the movie was showing you was about to change you know what i mean yeah like as soon as he shows up and he's uh, all, like, fucked up and covered in blood. That's when we get, like, Tom Sizemore's character to, like, show up and, like, show all this fucking chaos and everything like that and kind of, like, you know, hint, like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to come back. If you think he's fucked up now, just just you wait. And then later when he comes in, um, like, bashing out the windows and shit, it's like, okay, so here's our breaking point. And things are going to reset now. Because we've, you know, essentially boiled over, and now we're going to turn the heat down a bit. And then, we fucking boil over and we finally pull the trigger, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting. He's like, almost like our graph for the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I just really appreciate it. I like, uh, the mood changes with each, uh, partner he has throughout each yeah. day. Yeah, I love that. Like, uh, if if only he could have just hung out with John Goodman the whole time. Yeah, like, John Goodman seemed the most, like, neutral. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to being Rams the next day, and he's, like, this just weird, like, impervious holy man. Yeah. Who just, like... Is also kind of creepy. Yeah. And then, yeah, just straight to hell with Tom Sizemore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then... then straight to fucking hell. Yeah. Ving Rhames' character was also kind of like the kind of poster child of, like, my faith is a shield for all of my sins. Right. Right. Like, yeah. so uh, so long as I say God loves you and I love God and God loves me, I can do whatever the fuck I want and say what I want. Yeah. Act the, how I please. The wind didn't blow our back up off the cliff. That was Jesus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, but also the wind. He's like, no. It was Jesus. <laughs> it was Jesus. Literally only Jesus. Anyway, so let's go talk to hookers. Yeah. <laughs> flash money at them. Yeah. And uh, see what see what we can get into. Don't even know the uniform anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's great. Yeah. I don't know. It's like... I feel like it's like, could you call it Scorsese's best? Probably not. 
No, but it's fun. But it's like still a Scorsese movie. If I can be a film bro here for a second, right? As I tend to do on each episode. So like, <laughs> I mean, like still you're doing with his movies. Like it's yep. his like worst movie is pretty much like miles above just about most other shit coming out. Yeah. That's yeah. This is how it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I don't really. It's still have... a great movie. No, I, I, I'd say it's. It's got to be up there. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of qualms with it. I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a pretty, um, pretty harsh, you know, uh, uh, look inside of what is likely at least semi close to what it had to have been. Like, like. over dramatized, I'm sure. But like, oh, absolutely. yeah, like just the general principle of you know having to see people die all the time but mm-hmm. also like the good feeling of like oh I'm doing good here as well like I am saving people yep. that's a good feeling I'm trying to hold on to that mm-hmm. but I also keep losing people and I just can't keep fucking dealing with it yeah the way that you see Pierce's face kind of glow up when he's like you know and every once in a while there's a miracle and it's like what everybody there thrives off of for like months at a time he also between. does like with all the paramedics he works with he seems to be the most like caring Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when they show up to uh, Mr. Burke in the first, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go. We'll go call the code. And Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, why don't you try playing some music? That that helps. And they bring him back. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, not for too long, but um, when they show up to Ivy Bank, he's like, oh, yeah, this man's dead. He's like, yeah. And he's like, no, there's a pulse. <laughs> like, like, Yeah. And then, okay. And then Tom Sizemore is just like, I just want to. I just want to fuck shit up, I guess. I just want to see blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I relish in the chaos. City is on fire, and there's, like, blood fountaining in the streets or whatever the fuck he said. It's, like, something straight out of, like, a, what is that, William Blake in Paradise Lost? Like, it was totally fucked. Hey, actually, I suppose you could say there's a bit of a nod to uh, the opening shot of Taxi Driver, of uh, the close-up of Ro- uh, Bobby De Niro's eyes in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of do the same thing in um, the ambulance. On Nick Cage. And, like, the eyes are truly, like, the biggest thing with this character as well. You know, they say, uh, they say the first shot mm-hmm. of your movie should be the most interesting. And, um... It is kind of a hook, line, and sinker, though, isn't it? Right. You know, like, if, if you know Nick Cage plays as a paramedic in the, in, in Hell's Kitchen, and then that's the first fucking shot, you're gonna be like, oh, what do you got? You know? I feel and, like it, it certainly puts you there with them. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that, uh, like I said before, every scene drives you to the next part. And uh, it's really hard to decide that you want to get off uh, and just leave it behind. And I have a feeling that when you watch this movie, you'll have a hard time leaving it behind, honestly. And and you might come to a, come to a point of, understanding with the character of Pierce and why he continues even though he's suffering so greatly. Uh, yeah, it's like this is like the third time I've watched a movie and yeah, it's just still like pretty damn good movie. Oddly enough, I saw it like just before the pandemic started. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. It was just like, I don't know, like a weird time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a strange, strange timing for that movie. Almost as bad as when, uh, what was it, um, like top ten movies uh, like being played that were like most popular on like Amazon, I think it was, was Contagion. Oh, yeah. Like Fuck right that. at the height of uh, the pandemic. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, good. Good, yep. good, 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 good. 
That's fun but, to think about. Yeah. Like, number two, The Road. Oh. <laughs> I don't think Fuck. that's what it was, but... Yeah, definitely could have been. That's, what, that's what's next, uh, I guess, is what I'm Number saying? three, Children of Men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Anyone got any car batteries around here? Yeah. Fuck. Some flip-flops I can wear through... Through like a fucking uh, raging war zone in the in the urban hell. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no those those would be fun movies to cover for the for the podcast. So at some point, I do I do like a fucking terrible dystopian hellscape that just wrenches you of all of your optimism. <laughs> yeah, the road, yeah, the road is just fucking depressing. Yeah. It uh, will make you want to have your best friend drop a cinder block on your head. So at least like Children of Men ends with like some good news, some beacon of hope. Yeah, uh, it's very faint. I mean, it's pretty much bashes you over the head with it. It's not too subtle, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's like okay, yeah, this whole movie's been like we're kind of at the end of our fucking rope here, aren't we? And then it's yeah. like, oh, well, maybe every, not. Every time you get to the top of the roller coaster, you find out that like not only is it going to drop down but there's also a noose at the top for every single person in that fucking in that little train car and everyone wears it and they all go down and then they just hang there it's so fucking sad yeah but yeah with this one i with with this movie if you're not looking to try and like get super upsetty spaghetti it's fine. It's perfect for that. I think that it's actually more of like an interesting and fun ride than say like something that makes you super sad. I feel like it's also like somehow like sort of a good. I don't really call it. I don't know if I call it like a companion piece to The Irishman. Yeah. But you know, like The Irishman was like kind of like co- like at the end of The Irishman, it's just like kind of coming to terms with your life. Yeah, your and own mortality. It's kind of having to live with like the choices you made. Yeah. This one is, yeah, like, almost like the mortality of others. Like, kind of having to be like, I mean, like, you can't fucking save everyone. You can only look out for yourself. And when it comes down to it, like, we're all dying. It's kind of like, yeah, trying to, you know, learn to accept your own death. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to see, and throughout your whole life, you know, depending on how long you live, you're probably going to see a lot of other people die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's something that like I've struggled with in my in my twenties. It's it's a really hard concept that I you know wrestle with all the time. So yeah, I think that maybe maybe that's one of the hidden reasons why I like this film so much. And like with uh, bringing out the dead, I mean like death isn't. I mean it's. I wouldn't really say it's like. Uh, like softened, but like you know, it's just kind of like just another. You know, not really shown as being so bad. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's like, the Mr. Brick, he's asking to be, like, let go finally. Just, like, yep. you know, like, time to move on. Yeah, like, and Nick Cage even kind of says, like, uh, here and there. You can't, like, dwell on it. Yeah, can't dwell on it. And also, like, he felt as though Mr. Burke the whole time was just, like, waiting for them to just stop trying to hold him there. Yeah. So that he could move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a bit of a spirituality in there, but obviously, a lot I, of my, yeah, a lot of uh, Scorsese's movies are very much about that. Yeah, it's very much quite a part of it. I would also ha- uh, hazard to say that when it comes to death and saying goodbye to someone, when you know, like you don't get a choice because they, people just die. Mm-hmm. It's then that you typically try to struggle to grasp at some sort of idea of anything spiritual, like. Perhaps their spirit is around or, you know, they're 
in a better place or something like that, you don't immediately want to think like plant food. So <laughs> like, so to speak with the ER doctor. Yeah. And so it's uh, some like, you know, better comforting idea of what happens when we go. Yeah. And when, uh, when we see, um, Pierce, like having that weird ass fucking dream where he's helping all the ghosts out of the street mm-hmm. of hell's kitchen and like freeing them from the from the stone and stuff like that. It's kind of like you may not have been able to save all these people, but you know, they are they they at least got, you know, they at least moved on. Yeah. You know, you helped them pass. You know, whether you were trying your hardest to make it so that they didn't or not. But yeah, it's all that matters is kind to like show up. Ultimately, you know, I mean, ultimately, futile is the right thing to say, but like sometimes it is. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Despite your best efforts, you know, you can't always, can't always, uh, can't always save them. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a pretty, pretty good way to end the episode. It's <laughs> it's honestly um, about as deep as you want to take it, and about as fun as you want to make it, man. It's a it's a good fucking film. And a really good use of 122 of your minutes. Uh, so we found this on Amazon Prime. It was like a rent HD version was 3.99. The fucking buffering or some shit sucked ass. That was probably on your end. <laughs> yeah, it was probably on my end. But I had the highest internet package available to me. My small I'm, suburban town. I'm streaming for you, pal. Ugh, <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Maybe maybe track down. A copy of this some way or another it's probably going to be the way that you're going to be able to see it the, the best but yeah this is not on hbo it's not on hulu it's not anywhere else that we could find it so if you absolutely do want to see it and you don't want to buy a copy of it go rent it for three or four no four dollars for hd three dollars for standard definition on fucking blambazon <laughs> there's whatever yeah <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to do anyway brent did you have anything you want to close the episode out with? No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it. That's that's <laughs> it. Check out the podcast notes. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have the the fucking thing on Spotify now, where you can actually like leave comments there. We'll be able to see them. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they added it like I don't know, like a week or two ago. Fucking finally, they're starting to act like they're a podcast platform. <laughs> I don't know, man. But anyway, so, uh, like usual, check out our shits. You got twitch.tv backslash cyberbrent, and you got uh, twitch.tv backslash mendachi for me, and next to nothing on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. But yeah, that's that's the huge. That's the plugs. Dems the pluggies. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Julie, baby, it ain't natural for you to cry in the midnight. It ain't natural for you to cry. Way in the midnight. Into the wee small hours. Long for the break of dawn. Oh, Lord.